even this whole conversation, my goal and everything that we talk about right now is not necessarily that you believe me, but if there's one spark in you that just opens up a little bit of a gateway that you believe more in yourself or more in the magic of the universe, then then I've done all that I need to do. The rest is for you to learn through your experiences. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Being is a place where we gather to explore some of life's most difficult questions. What does it mean to lead a meaningful life? What does it mean to live a life of purpose or on purpose? How do we make sense of the world? Really what we're asking is, what the hell is going on? My intention with this podcast is to explore what it means to be human in the modern world through the lens of creativity, consciousness, and personal development. Through authentic conversations with a wide array of guests, including artists, intellectuals, scientists, visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, Being ventures to make collective sense of an increasingly complex world with the unifying goal of building a sustainable future for all. As humanity continues to march full steam towards extinction, we can no longer afford to simply ask, what is best for me? The question now must become, what is best for me and the whole simultaneously? And so, dear audience, I want to inspire you to take full responsibility, to find your purpose, and to engage your evolution as a conscious agent. I challenge you to live your being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. Also, I'm proud to announce that the show is now available on YouTube. And you can also follow us on our new Instagram page, at Being with Patrick Cook. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. Daniel Jonathan is a software engineer, world traveler, and tech developer. He's also worked directly with American ufologist Dr. Stephen Greer, the founder of CSETI, the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence. His current creation is his own platform called The Cosmic Mind, which architects AI real-time machine learning by modeling solutions based on his own unique perception of the structure and magic of the universe. He's an incredibly intelligent, articulate, and grounded human being, and this episode is guaranteed to expand your mind and stretch the outer limits of your consciousness. Daniel Jonathan, welcome to Being. Daniel Jonathan. Welcome to being my brother. <laughs> Thank you. How Good are you? to be back. Yeah, man. So you have the honor of being my first repeat guest. Oh, wow. Right? That's cool. Yeah. yeah that's we, super cool. We dropped in on episode 10, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now at episode 25, and we've had a couple of conversations just 
off the record, we had uh, breakfast the other day and we just went so deep into such fascinating topics. It's just be like, oh, dude, you got to come back on the show. So here we are. Mm-hmm. Welcome, yeah. welcome. Yeah, that's great. So we don't really have this scripted. We're just going to go off the cuff and see what comes up. But I thought a good place to start was just to sort of introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself to people who might uh, have heard episode 10. Who's, who's Daniel Jonathan? Uh, so Daniel Jonathan is a child of this earth <laughs> without being so. Um, so last time actually I was on the show, I spent a lot of time with Dr. Greer, Dr. Stephen Greer. Mm. Who's he uh, for the record? Well, he just recently came out with a documentary called Contact of the Fifth Kind. He has another one, Serious Disclosure, another one, Unacknowledged. Um, and he was the founder of the Disclosure Project, right. which um, back like I think it was around 2002 or something like that. And uh, one of the biggest disclosures in the world of what military uh, technologies are being hidden from us, uh, alien reproductive vehicles, um, what is not being told to us and what is it that we're not learning about ourselves. Wow. Um, So about maybe eight years ago uh, was my first trip with him and spent three years uh, going on trips with him, nine consecutive trips. I've only missed one. What what does that mean going on trips? So when you go on a trip, you spend a week or so out in the desert or a remote location so that this way we can... um, just basically be in the group, about 20 to 30 people. Okay. And you learn to make contact. And with? With, well, a blanket statement would be extraterrestrials. Okay. Because extraterrestrials, uh, we think of them as like, oh, they come from space. Right. But the truth is, is as I said, it was a blanket statement. So you're talking celestial beings, God-conscious beings, actual extraterrestrials, um, creation beings, Brahman-conscious beings, unity-conscious beings, um, basically the being family. (laughs) And the being family is something we don't learn about in science. Uh, I just want to explain that really quick. We have the feline family, which you have your tigers and your lions and your domestic cats, and they have a lot of similarities. You have your canine family, you have your your dogs and uh, your coyotes and... uh, your domestic dog and your German shepherd. Okay. But no one ever talks about the being family. And to be a being is to be part of the universal consciousness, the five point star, the head, the arms, the legs, and the different ones that we can just talk about right now would be the human being, would be the uh, celestial being, would be the God conscious being, would be the creation being, um, angelic beings. There's two types of angelic beings that I've experienced. Um, so yeah, so that's the being family. And so when you say you've experienced them, what does that mean? Um, well, on the Dr. Greer trip is you get to see them. and Like with your own eyes? Oh, with no your own No special eyes. equipment? Not only do you get to see them with your own eyes, is we film it. I actually have a thousand hours of video that only if you were ever on the trip you would have seen. Um, I just have never had the time to edit it or go through it. A thousand hours of video is like 20,000 hours of watching wouldn't wouldn't you think that would be you know valuable content people would want to see that or is it protected under some kind of no 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 actually we've we've put out some video and if you watch contact of the fifth kind um you'll see some of my videos in there you were the videographer yeah well i wasn't i participated as that but i was also a mentor because i've been on so many trips right and as well as i was a participant and a student so what does it require to actually come in contact with beings um, first is really about letting go of what you think mm. a being 
is what a contact is and like. And that is so difficult for, <laughs> so, for human beings. <laughs> yeah. Super brainwashed in what it is. Yeah. Uh, especially what one looks like. Yeah. We always depict uh, in movies that this is like this octopus looking squid like thing that wants to drain your brains or whatever. <laughs> and uh, it's actually the bipolar opposite. Um, they're very benevolent. They care for you so much. And the experience is coordinated with your level of fear. Mm. and their level of comfort as well because the more they manifest some of them could be in harm some of them absolutely not so you're saying most beings are benevolent all the ones i've experienced all the ones you've experienced does that does that suggest that all beings are benevolent or is there malevolent entities and you just weren't calling them in um that's a really good question isn't it yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good question you know so when we talk about benevolence and kindness, we relate it a lot to our perspective. Right. And we think, you know, if I have malicious intent and there's another being or even just another person that I'm doing that with, I don't really think they're a bad person. I might not even think I'm malicious. I might actually be thinking what I'm doing is a good thing. Mm. Um, but another way to think about it is when we're making contact, they're also making contact Mm. and they're coming in in a peaceful way, the same way that we're approaching them in a peaceful way. What is their motivation? Um, Great questions. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot say directly what their motivation is because that's not something that uh, you're told. But one thing that's important is, is for the growth of humanity. Okay. And, the growth of humanity or the growth of growth of life well, in the universe? That is what it's a part of. Right. Human beings are the caretakers in the last yuga, in the last 30,000 years or so. We've been the caretakers of this earth because right. of how consciousness breathes. It, it's a breath. And when it goes into a lower vibration, um, certain beings can be in that vibration in order to it's like being in a world ah. and when it's a higher vibration then the other beings can be there more easily with more comfort so, so are you saying that human beings are designed or uh, well suited to low vibration environments well okay we were actually so many many thousands of years ago when consciousness was going through what's called the fall some people understand it is where like we've had forgotten what we were what actually had happened was the vibration became more dense and when the vibration became more dense for the higher vibrational beings now not higher vibrational because they're better than us it's just the timing of where they were within that expansion of Mm -hmm. consciousness so for them it became heavy and they needed to go somewhere else. Right. So from their DNA, they had created a new being, a new caretaker for the earth, a new caretaker of the worlds within the earth. And that was where the human came in. Um, and I want to talk a lot about separating the physical from the consciousness, but mm. just to get to it is <clears throat> now we're entering into the age where the vibration is rising again. Okay. And this is why... Uh, a lot of people are also getting this intuition that there's more or they're seeing ships. It's because they can come back. 
not only they can come back, they can be themselves <laughs> while they're back because they've been here the whole time, mm. just not necessarily in such an obvious way. I just want to ask you before we go on, you just yeah. mentioned how human beings were kind of birthed from other beings. Yeah. Is, that, is that what you meant? Yeah. So how does that uh, genesis of human life match with the evolutionary story that we understand as three-dimensional you know we came from amoebas in the ocean and sure well those were based off of theories right and there's missing links in between that theory but it's a comfortable theory it's and a it's a theory that we can learn a lot from if we go from it because in the physical nature there's a lot of repetition and there's a lot of growth mm. but no one has ever stitched that whole theory right. together but what happens in theories is we forget their theories mm. and we write them as if they're facts mm. and so then those facts become the arguments or the the basis, the basis yeah. of knowledge and then a new book gets written because somebody wrote a book based on right. reading other people's books so what's your interpretation then um well my understanding first of all in the beginning all of it came through experience it came from the education that i was left with after the experience of being with beings then you go and read these books and you're like oh my goodness there's there's a lot aligned here mm. but we're missing something when we read these books we're missing the experience mm. we're missing the idea that these books have valuable information rather than just story which books are we referring to uh well the bible the mm. torah the quran right they, they all talk the same um and actually the more you dive deeper into it you might eventually end up uh learning about a group of uh, the Gnostics and Gnosis. Mm. And back when Christianity was defining itself and when it was going through its crusades, and uh, mm. they actually wiped out the <clears throat> Gnostics. And the Gnostics were the first group of Christianity uh, stemming from the Hebrew, mm. uh, not focusing that the Pope or the father or the priest is the controller of the information. Their mm. belief was that and their understanding was we all have the right to have an experience. We yeah. all have the ability to have an experience. And through our experiences, we tell each other the stories. We tell each other, each other the experiences. And that's how information is learned. Mm. But that was severed right. and cut really quickly um, and, and, and lost. Right. And it turned into belief. And if you actually, uh, if you know anything about magi and spells of words mm -hmm. the word believer is a spell if you break it down it's be lie ver whereas be lie ver means to see in spanish or in latin uh, foundations which is be the witness to a lie mm. so if i tell you to be a believer i'm telling you to witness my lie mm. whereas in in the gnostic way in gnosis was no be a knower mm-hmm be a knower feel, that, that just feels so much better doesn't it it does <laughs> <laughs> even cool to say gnosis yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just before we move on this is fascinating to me because i i came up in a very traditional scientific well a religious first of all and then abandoned that for a more religious or sorry scientific view of evolution yeah so it's fascinating to me to to consider that human beings might have arisen somewhere else and been planted on this earth is that it's not necessarily planted because a lot of people think also that a lot of these beings come from other worlds they're not they're also children of the earth that's they're just why they're here they're just around us but in different dimensions or just around us and you don't know what they look like right right we have to really 
stop creating a dialogue of separation. <laughs> See, it, even you in talking to me, you're yeah. finding so many ways to say that they're there and we're here. Yeah. But that's not really the case. They're here and you're here. And, and we're all here. And uh, if anything, in the last year, we're really learning a lot about uh, the human consciousness and consciousness itself. Mm. So just to touch upon one thing is if we, you know, many years ago, if we just look at the physical, mm. then we think, hey, well, you look like me and I look like me and she looks like me. Well, maybe we're all the same. Mm. And that's a really easy way to be distracted um, or to be uh, hypnotized by the illusion. But mm. that's not the case. This is just a vessel. So like if you look at a race car driver, if you're in an F1 race car, you need an F uh, or F1 race car driver. You need an F1 race car to drive in the mm -hmm. F1 race. If you're a rally car driver, mm -hmm. you need a rally car. And if you're a motorcycle mm -hmm. uh, racer, then you need a motorcycle. But the driver is neither one of those vehicles. Right. It's just the necessary vehicle to be uh, in that race. Right. Once the race is over, the driver gets out and is they're just them. So are you describing like the human body and the human soul? Is that a good? Well, the human body separate from the human soul and the human and, and from the consciousness. Right. Right. So con the soul is another sort of vessel. Right. Okay. For for the totality of worlds. And uh, but All right, you're starting to lose me now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I want to I want to go back to that race car driver. OK. OK. So consciousness itself takes form, but it mm. is not form. Right. OK. That makes sense. So. Any being that understands this and has the ability to be just purely in consciousness, mm. okay, which we actually are, but and, and I can explain it the physics and all of that stuff, okay, and I will. Um, they can come back and be in the form that they want. So, you know, let's just say I'm walking down the street and I'm doing my thing. Uh, or even in the stories, if we look at how we put our superheroes, like Superman, mm. he's Clark Kent, he's mm. walking down, no one pays attention to him, Yeah. right? But the second he needs to be super, he just removes that illusion, mm. and he's now, everyone is seeing him as super and going, oh my God, there he is, he's yeah. Superman. Uh, it's very much the same thing. If if you really have a lot going on, kind of like even a billionaire, let's say, you don't want everyone around you to know. Right. You want to keep it chill. You don't want the attention. You don't want the judgment. You don't want the ask. Right. Because yourself, you look for peace. So you you want to blend in. Right. Most likely, the most blended in people are ones with a lot of magical power or knowledge. But they'll leave you with something. Mm. When when you really meet somebody who has a lot to offer, rather than them glorifying themselves, they'll be interested in you. Mm. And then they'll leave you with a little something, something for you to think about, like planting a seed. Mm. And that's what's important. Mm. Just something, even this whole conversation, my goal and everything that we talk about right now is not necessarily that you believe me, but if there's one spark in you that just opens up a little bit of a gateway that you believe more in yourself or more in the magic of the universe, then, then I've done all that I need to do. The rest is for you to learn through your experiences. Mm, I, yes. Know myself, not believe in myself. <laughs> know <laughs> thyself. And that's why it says know thyself. Know thyself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh, this is brilliant, dude. I love it. So are <laughs> you, who are you? 
Are you? I'm are, Daniel. Are you a being? Uh, I, well, of course I'm a being. But are, a being. you know what I mean. We'll get are that you? in a second. Okay. I'll tell you some stories. Okay, tell me some stories. Okay, but also just to go back, you <clears throat> said that you're from science and all that. I want to. I mentioned I work with Dr. Greer. I'm 37 years with a computer. I'm 20 years. My first tech company was at 17 years old. Um, now 37, so that's 20 years ago. This is well before anybody became interested in tech because it's mm. a cool thing to do. Mm. Um, I look at systems. Mm. I care about the importance of the truth between systems to work together. Okay, so for me, um, my life has been a puzzle of trying to understand how certain things had come together and mm. why they come together in that way. But if it doesn't work, I got to throw that out because. Yes. I have no time for things. Well, how that don't long work. do you spend searching, going down that path? Well, you, as a, a good developer, a good engineer will always experiment to find the limitations mm -hmm. of what their objective is right. and where they want to go. <clears throat> but a really good engineer will also leave enough room to say, "Hey, I didn't fully go down that road right. because." Maybe I'm not necessarily ready at that time. Right. So sometimes, you know, the, the more and more you drive a race course and you, and you do the laps, that's when you start learning the course. Mm -hmm. And then you take a break and then you go back and you might find that actually, you know what, you're off. And mm. then you'll take a break and then you'll be even deeper into it. And then eventually you'll let go of the analysis and just feel it. Mm. And then before you know it, you are the course. You're what everybody else is racing against, <laughs> right? That's what really goes down. Love it. Yeah. So actually, I wanted to share a story with you. Okay, go for it. Um, in our first chat, uh, I was really nervous, not because I'm scared of or nervous of talking, um, but in my life, uh, I always felt that I was a little bit of a spiritual trust fund kid. Okay. And what I mean by that is um, I didn't need to go too far to experience things and things would come my way right okay like even working with dr greer when i was 22 years old uh about eight years before i started working with him i saw uh him on youtube and i i didn't even know what he was really doing i just saw him and i just looked at my brother and i said adam one day i'm gonna work with this guy when i'm ready and in 20 years we're building spaceships okay and my brother just looks at me and goes okay <laughs> no problem. Daniel said it. We're doing it. Love it. Eight years later, I'm in the desert with Dr. Greer, and then I'm going on repeat trips, and I'm learning all about space and encountering beings and what have you. And then this year, now I'm launching a company that may, and I, and I believe, I know it can, obtain the wealth to invest into space. And if you look at every major tech person right now, what do they do? All they want to do is build space things. There's a reason for that. Mm. There's a reason that they're interested in space. And there's a reason why we're aware of space. We're meant to thrive in it. Mm. All creatures in the universe are given all the right tools to thrive in their known environment. Mm. Okay. So first thing is, what is the environment, right? Well, that is your, the capacity of your awareness. What are you aware of? Well, we're aware of the stars, we're aware of the macro, and we're aware of the micro. Well, then that means that we have the tools. So whether it be that we meditate and move our mind through remote viewing like we did in the training in the desert, mm. um, or we build a spaceship, either way, we're given the tools to thrive. So we're meant to go to space mm. as a species. Now, a lion, not necessarily in the, full, in the lion form, Okay, and I can explain that later what I mean by that. The lion 
its awareness is uh, in the Sahara, wherever, you know, it lives, mm. and with the animals and the alligator or the <laughs> crocodile in the river. That's its awareness. That's where it thrives. But if you actually look at the tools that it's given, well, it's given all of the capacity to thrive in that environment mm. and, and to do it well. And so the universe does that for everything mm. because it needs to. That's the way the design is. Ob obtain a world in the sense of what your awareness covers, what your capacity is aware of. Here are the tools and now be in it and participate and thrive in it and grow in it and learn in it and, mm. and expand in it and redefine in it and then keep on doing that over and over and over again. So within that framework, and I agree with you, you're given the right tools to thrive in your environment. Yeah. <clears throat> if we look at human beings, some metrics you could look at say, yes, we're absolutely thriving. Technology is exponential. There's a lot of metrics saying the world is getting a lot better exponentially. Mm -hmm. Looking at other metrics, there's a lot of them that say the world is getting a lot worse exponentially. Okay. So w what does that mean with respect to, okay, human beings have given, been given the tools to thrive in this environment, but we're making a mess of it on a lot of levels You know, when you to the point where uh, we, it's existential. We might yeah. terminate ourselves before we can actually get to space or the next level. Well... You know, when a kid sits down for dinner, he has a, a spoon, a fork, and his knife. And sometimes he goes at his soup with a fork. And his mother says, no, no, don't do that. That's the wrong tool. So you can be given many, many tools. It's about you practicing. Right. Where I think that we fail is that we're not taught to practice for our overall growth. Right. We're, we're, we're actually taught that when we know something, we should keep it to ourselves yeah. or keep it hidden as an advantage. Totally. Survival of the fittest. Yeah. Well, the species is the fittest, Ex not, not your age. I you're going to die in 100 years in this form. Totally. Right. So you're not thinking of the fittest when you think of yourself. Mm. If you think that humans are thousands of years old, why we record information, why we pass it along is so that the future generations will be able to continuously grow and benefit from that information. Now you're thinking about actually what thriving means, mm, right? And Totally. And, and so, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Rivalrous, um, game-theoretic situations that capitalism breeds, yeah. where we're in competition with, and it's my... Uh, strategic advantage to hoard information and disinform you. Yes. I think that's where we find ourselves right now. It's like an information narrative warfare yes. where you can't tell what's true. So it's everything's diluted, every, everything's multipolar. So, Well, you can't telling what's true versus everything is true and everything is not true. If you look at The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot, he'll mm. talk about just the foundations of, of your belief system within something can make something true, mm. right? There's some people who don't know what cancer is. They go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, you know, you had cancer, but it seemed to have passed. And they'll be like, cancer, what's cancer? Mm. And then they don't know. And so to them, they don't even create that for them. The same thing, um, you go surfing. I like using surfing analogies. If you go into the water with fear, you're going to feel stiff. You're going to feel mm -hmm. heavy. You're going to feel the weight and you're going to sink. Okay. <laughs> but if you go in free and you go in open and you go in clear and feel supported, the biggest waves can feel like they're hugging you. <laughs> you know, it just feel cozy. Totally. So, yeah. it's, it's, so it's a mindset. It's a perspective. It's your... Everything is true. Because nothing can exist and not be true. Mm. Even and ideas themselves 
are moving information without the weight of the physical form. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> ideas are flowing constantly and they're looking they're looking for things to manifest them. They're like fish swimming in, in mm. the ocean of consciousness saying, who's going to make me? Mm. Who's going to manifest me? So where do those ideas come from? It's not that they come from anywhere as much as they are available they just for us to receive. Yes. Yeah. So I, I view it as the quantum field. It's, the, sure. it's infinite possibility or potentiality. Yes. And so it's wherever we focus our attention is what comes into manifestation and form. Um, it could be if you really have the right mindset to do it. Like mm. right now we're in a beautiful place. Um, and a lot of people are like, wow, during these times, this place is, it's like heaven. Mm. And I said, you know, it only takes one mind to make it heaven truly for itself, for it to now be heaven mm. and everyone else can live in it. The same way that if you're in a city and you're filled with fear all around you you have many minds creating fear you mm. have many minds even if it's true mm. it's the fear if, if you can have something that's harmful to you and not be in fear of it mm. you can easily say hey like you know you're in war you're a soldier okay they, they're shooting at me but am I going to be scared or am I going to go in there and do what I need to do? Mm. You know, maybe an easier analogy would be a paintball fight. You go into a paintball <laughs> fight. It's like, I don't want to get shot with the paintball. Right. I know it can't kill me. So I lose a lot of that fear. I, but I still don't want to get hit. It hurts. Yeah. The more and more I drop the idea of, of what could happen and focus on what I need to do to dictate what would happen, then the more and more... Uh, I'm in control and then that manifestation can happen. I totally agree with you. But the problem is human nature, our evolutionary nature is to focus on the danger. So where it's a survival instinct, it's a reptilian brain saying, okay, where is the danger? Sure. And so we're constantly focused on the danger. What is the, and so we're, we're kept in fear. Yeah. Now the difference is there isn't a lion in the savanna trying to murder us yeah. right, or trying to eat us. The fear is all, in our heads, yeah. right? So we're, we're scared of being poor or being lonely or not being worthy. or the, And so we continue that evolutionary mindset of fear and survival mode into a modern day where those physical fears or their physical dangers don't exist. Yeah. Right? And so how we move past that is a lot of what my work is. It's like, how do we move into that, moving past fear and those base emotions into gratitude into positivity into creativity yeah right and yeah. so we're creating our lives rather than reacting to them yeah right yeah and well you know the the thing is a, a lot of people are afraid of death mm. okay um what's your take on that well death is not the experience of the individual but the experience of the observer because anybody who has a death experience and comes back and tells you how amazing it was on the other side, they're, they're not sitting there dead. And yeah. so in the near-death experience... So just before you go on, interesting, I, I listened to a podcast last night that Sarah, Sam Harris was on, and uh -huh. he described, he was talking about death and the afterlife, <clears throat> and he was saying that it's a bit of a misnomer to say that people who've had near-death experiences because they, you know, they're on the table, their body, they stop breathing or whatever, but their brain doesn't die. Because when they come back, they don't have brain damage, yeah. right? So they're, they're not actually dead. Yeah. So he was, from a very scientific perspective, he was like, it might be just the release of DMT, yeah. you know? And so 
Well, a, a more and more ways to look at that consciousness never dies and right. consciousness can't die. And we are consciousness in form and we're, we're creating this form to be in this world and to have certain tools in this world and to be able to function in that. And a lot of people define themselves based on the form and the tools. But the truth is uh, you're defined as a being by your conscious level. And this is what can separate people like you can have a et beside you or a higher level being beside you and it's not that he's a little taller or shorter it's that his awareness of what is going on in the universe mm. and his experience or her experience of what's going on in the universe is so much greater that they're now a being of that world mm. so we can raise our level of being by increasing our level of experience and this is this is where the idea of like if if you look in the kabbalistic ways or in the book of zohar it's about <clears throat> sorry it's about moving closer and closer to the vibration of the creator mm. once you get to the vibration of the creator or closer to the creator then you are that level you are that being Right. And this is why sometimes when people do a lot of medicines like ayahuasca or the uh, which I like to talk about, um, they sometimes can't reintegrate yeah. back because it's it's tough for them to have so much awareness. Yeah. And so actually the lack of awareness is a protective measure to make things more comfortable uh, according to the community. Mm. So if the community rises together then the conscious level rises together and then we're all comfortable in this higher state. Mm, that's exact, dude, you just described my life mission, right? There, <laughs> is to build a community one individual at a time, starting with myself, obviously, and to heal myself, to transform myself, to raise my own consciousness and then invite people into community to do the same work. And from there, we create like a nodal point of a decentralized network where our consciousness is raising and it influences other nodes to raise their consciousness and then all all boats all boats rise with the tide mm -hmm. and so every the consciousness of the entire planet mm -hmm. starts to rise and that's how we facilitate change exactly. on a global level exactly. rather than staying in the lower levels of fear and competition and rivalry and all the things we were talking about earlier and pick, taking up arms and trying to fight the powers that be that will never work yeah I wouldn't even look at fear as a level as much as it is a choice. And when you know, when, when you're not, when you're more confident of the outcome, the, the fear drops, right? Mm. Um, some people are comfortable with not knowing the outcome. Mm. Personally, for me, I'm, I'm fine with not knowing the outcome. So I don't have a lot of fear even when there's, when there's the unknown. Um, but you take a guy like, John John Florence or Kelly Slater as surfers. When they go in there, they they know most likely they're going to come out because mm. they practice, they handle themselves, they humble themselves to the ocean, they mm. participate. So even like a 30-foot barreling wave on reef, as much as they may say it's scary, mm. they're not moving in fear. They're mm. not behaving in fear. Totally. So in life we all have that big wave we all have that shallow water and reef but we have we make the choice to operate in fear to operate in doubt mm. and a lot of that comes because we're not taught uh the correct things about ourselves mm. where there's a lot of lies even in the truth that is being said because the best lie is one that's 80 percent true mm. because it resonates right and something that resonates but then 
gets a little bit off at the end or is twisted or is debunked or whatever, then it's like, oh, that felt true. Oh, it's a lie. And then Mm. you dismiss the whole thing. Right. Hey, are you feeling lost, frustrated, angry about the state of the world, but unsure what to do about it? I get it. The world is a pretty messed up place right now. Yet in these interesting times of shattered realities, many people are using alcohol to escape and numb their feelings of anxiety, dread, and uncertainty. I know, I did it for years. This is why I've made it my mission to support brave souls in mastering their inner world and finding a deeper sense of purpose. To that end, I created Reset 2020. Reset is a personal transformation mastermind group with the intention of resetting your relationship with alcohol and becoming the best version of yourself in an empowering, supportive online community. To check out more about Reset 2020 and to watch my masterclass video, head on over to go.patrickcooklife.com. Remember, cook is spelled with an E, C-O-O-K-E. So it's go.patrickcooklife.com. All right, now back to the show. So how do yeah. you, what, what is the motivation for raising your consciousness? Like you talked about, it, it, if you're at a certain level of awareness, you feel comfortable there. Yeah. You feel safe there. Sure. And so going beyond that is, represents going outside of your comfort zone, which represents scary fear, you know? So what, what's the motivation to grow consciously? Well, eventually, you know, as much as you might find a couch very comfortable, mm. it does get boring to sit there mm-hmm. and it does get repetitive. Mm. So even if a person takes time to be in a conscious level and says, hey, I feel really good here, be there, yeah. do it, enjoy it, go to every single corner in it, but eventually you're going to get bored of it yes. and that will get you to move. But the ultimate goal, and just before the, qu- the next question is, immortality is when you get to remember all of your conscious experiences. Mm. It's not a physical thing. Everyone's like, oh, I found the fountain of life or the youth or whatever. I'm and, never gonna die. And I'm never gonna die. It's not your physical form that you want to survive. It's your awareness that you want to survive. And wow. this is why, this is where resurrections and reincarnations come in, is where they bring the consciousness back into form. Mm. And this is why in Egyptians times, they can say, hey, this Pharaoh was a king or, or Pharaoh for 30,000 years. Well, how did they do that right well it wasn't because they were like you know just sprinkling certain was it crisper gene yeah or whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's because their consciousness is there and this is why in certain cultures when they feel that they found the consciousness to reincarnate back on the earth in a certain time um then they really respect it even though it's in a child who's mm. who's squishy and doesn't know anything and is not going to give much leadership whatsoever, mm. but they know that that's just the body waiting to grow. It, the consciousness in there, the knowledge in there, the connection in there is something that uh, cannot be broken once it's made. It can be mm. ignored. It can be pushed away. Mm. It can be here and there, but you cannot uh, break it because mm. it's a truth. awesome so i just want to come back to what you're talking about laying on the couch yeah so a a person of certain awareness is comfortable on the couch is like i'm i'm good i don't need to you know raise my consciousness i'm i'm good but the danger in that i had this conversation with somebody the other day is that there's a certain apathy that goes along with it and that means you're not taking responsibility not taking responsibility for being a steward of the planet 
right? Which draw <laughs> which draws us into complacency, which allows malevolent forces to take over and profit at all costs, ruining the environment because ninety percent of us are sitting on the couch saying, "I'm good." Yeah, you know what I mean. So there's a certain level of responsibility and a certain urgency, I think. That comes now in this point in history, we need to wake the fuck up. Yeah. Or we're all screwed. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so where where how do those two ideas jive together? Well, first, I you know, sometimes you have a bucket of water and you need to go take it across and you and you and you need to pour that water and plant something. Some mm-hmm. water spills out. You don't feel so bad because you have so much more water left. Mm-hmm. So in growth not everyone is going to make it to the other side. And that's not a bad thing. That's just the way that it is. That's mm. how statistics are. There's the outliers, which are very early on there. Mm. There is the general mean and the average that yeah. is going to get there. And then there's the ones that just don't. Right. And then the curve is formed. Right. That's okay. Yeah. Because still at the end of the day, if we're, we're still talking a lot about the physical, we're still attached to this idea that it's over just because they didn't make it this round. Right. No, they'll make it in another round. It will come, their, their awareness will just wait. I totally agree with you on an individual level. Yeah. It's not, you, you don't have to wake up in this lifetime and maybe yeah. it's t- going to take a couple of lifetimes. Yeah. But that idea juxtaposed against the urgency of environmental collapse or existential, you know, nuclear war or something happening yeah. that terminates the entire experiment human yeah. experiment but our, and and we talk the, the it won't be terminated right okay it why won't. why do you say that with confidence well because first of all even one nuclear or many nuclear missiles landing would not cover the entire planet right so one. but it would knock us back into the stone ages as far as development uh only if it's us left walking around and and creating again but if we actually look at a lot of our history they always talk about star people and they always talk about uh the 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 beings from the sky coming and teaching the ways in the mayan culture and all these different cultures uh, nothing's to say that can't happen again. Yeah. And actually, maybe it might be good to go back. I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, you know, a, that's the great reset. The great reset, yeah. <laughs> we do need a great reset. Yeah. With, a, with a slap in the face along the way and not to, not to argue anymore. Yeah. Um, but really also to, you know, this whole idea of, oh, if humanity dies, the world dies. The world's not going to die, okay? The earth will be fine. Even if the world got hit by crazy meteors right now and completely wiped out. Mm. Well, you know, if everyone... I I know there's dinosaurs, there's bones, there's evidence of this. There's still life now, right? So did the earth go? Did the earth die? No. Mm. And the other thing is a lot of people think of life when it's green and blue and sunny. Right. But how many things live in caves? Yeah. They live deep, deep in the ocean. Dude, the mycelium beneath yeah. the o- beneath the surface. Yeah, well and, and the, the mushroom connector. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The mycelium network. The the deep, 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 deep ocean creatures. Mm. So you're telling me that everything is dead? Yeah, no. they'll they'll be fine. No. So <laughs> so there is this there yeah, and so there is this picture. We like to paint pictures because the human mind basically uh, manifests in still frames, right? Right. It it 
has a picture and then it moves to the next picture and it moves to the next picture and it moves to the next picture. Mm. And we have this picture of life as, you know, we're in Costa Rica. When people see the background, when you're talking in a video chat, they're like, oh my God, he's living. Because behind you, there's the greens, there's the, there's the blues from the ocean, there's the sun, the yellows, all of that stuff. Um, so they see life right away, but that's not what defines life. Mm. That's just how that life looks, mm. right? If you go deep in deep, deep, deep ocean, there's no sun. There's mm. no, well, the greens from that we're seeing here. And so is that not life? Because it's not pictured the same way. Mm. Even if you go to a city and there's all these cool robotic or, you know, matrixy kind of like technologies, that's life too, mm. right? We, defining a totality in one perspective is the mistake of course to, and that, that's a human error it's an error in general yeah it's an error in general I, I don't like to blame anything for anything but what i do like to do is take some responsibility to participate in helping things move along yes. regardless of who's wrong regardless of who's right because going back to the person who may have pushed it in the wrong direction mm. right Unless they say, hey, I'm purposely doing this to destroy everything. Mm. Well, if they do that, well, then we should be like, all right, you know, we, we got to talk yeah. about that attitude right there. But if they're just behaving in a way that they think is helpful, then they're doing exactly what the universe wants them to do. Oh, man. Yeah. Which is flow. So to really be compassionate is to detach from what we think is right versus what somebody else's is right and to just really look at the the operation the movement in general mm. right so uh i think bruce lee said this and i never really thought about it as much you know be the water not not the form so he's like you put water in a pot and it becomes the pot you put mm. water in a cup and it becomes the cup if you look at water it doesn't it doesn't struggle it mm. flows and if it finds a barrier it goes okay just new direction and mm. it goes into a new direction it doesn't sit there and go oh barrier it's over, guys. All the water, it's over. We're not, we're not moving anymore. There's a, there's a rock. If anything, actually, it smooths out the rock over time mm. because all of the, the continuous friction against that rock, that it starts to smooth it out. Mm -hmm. So having repetition in history, if we look at the world wars, that's a friction. But if we learn from it, mm. then it gets smoothed out. And we don't, mm. we don't look at it as just a loss or as a damaging point. We, we can actually be empowered by it mm. and accelerate further. You know, very much with what's going on. Um, personally, I would like to not give too much opinion about what's going on right now, but look at what is going on right now. Yeah. And there's a lot of friction. There's a lot of change going on. Yeah. And if anything, this is an opportunity in general for everyone to say, hey, there's some things we're not doing right. Yeah. Preventative me medicine, post-medicine, all of it needs to be rethought because we're going to encounter this again. Yeah. Whether it be made or natural or whatever way it comes, we're going to experience it again mm. until it's completely smoothed out. Yes. And only when it's completely smoothed out do we not need to do it again. I th that's a beautiful framework, and I think you're totally right. Uh, that's on the macro level, all these things, world wars or pandemics are necessary for our evolution. And if we can view it that way, that these are happening for us, and what is the lesson, what is the wisdom they're here to impart? Yeah. And, but, and then you can look at it on the micro level as well. It's like, what's happening in my life? What are the obstacles that are, seem to be in my way? 
And how can I view them, reframe them as, okay, this is happening for me. Yeah. This is in my path. Like we talk about the obstacle is the way. The obstacle is the way. The Ryan obst- Holiday. That's an incredible <laughs> book. I, I love that book. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you can reframe your life as like every challenge you come across is an opportunity. Yeah. Right? Rather yeah. than a stumbling block or it's like, oh my God, I, another thing. And you, you um, retract into that defeatist negative attitude right mm-hmm. so it's a it's a framework it's a mindset that we need to shift and a mindset is the only way these ideas move exactly right? that's yeah. it yeah so it, it the attitude is the problem yeah if we're like you know i love it where people are like oh the universe put me here it's so amazing and then when something goes wrong it's like the universe is not at all there you know <laughs> it's like where's god when things go wrong and yeah, god's right. always to thank for whenever things go right right no a student is not always aware of how the lesson is given but a student's job is to receive the lesson and and take that richness of information and learn from it mm. it's the teacher's job to decide how the lesson is going to be given. Mm. And the teacher sometimes needs to give a tougher lesson or an easier lesson depending on how the students behave. Yeah. So the less and less that we learn as we go, the more and more it's going to get tougher. Totally. That, I, I call it. them cosmic bricks. Cosmic you, bricks. You're going to get keep getting hit until you start paying attention. <laughs> yeah. And or, the bricks are going to get bigger and bigger. And if every time you get hit, you say thanks. Yeah. And you just build it and then you, you have a house. <laughs> And you're just, and eventually you dodge it. You go, yeah. whoa, whoa, there you go. Yeah. Or the bricks the way, don't come anymore because you've learned the lesson. Well, because then they're like, man, he's building a really nice house over there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, but that, that just that joke, that humor right now about how to receive the bricks is mm. exactly the moment of where you decide who you're going to be mm-hmm. in that moment. Totally. Well, I'm, I, I'd rather laugh about it get the brick in the head and yeah. build a house. Yeah. If it kills me, well, then you kill me. Yeah. But then I'm in the next place yeah. or I'm over. What's the difference? Yeah. I'm not going to know. Yeah. If I'm over, I'm over. And if I continue and I go on, well, then I continue and I go on and I'm yeah. going to look back and be like, man, I should have done that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have jumped off the cliff. Yeah. But the, the idea is it's in that moment that you get the opportunity to really see who you are. So you asked me, who am I, Mm. right? You said that in the question. Well, that's who I am. Mm. In that moment, I am reaching out and lending a hand. I'm leaving room for forgiveness. I'm leaving room for joy. I'm leaving room for happiness and love and compassion. That's who I am. Mm. You know, when I, when I, I didn't become vegan. When I stopped eating meat and fish and all those things, everyone goes, oh, you're vegan. I go, I don't know. I still eat honey. I don't know. Like, what's the vegan rules, you know? And then they're like, oh, well, this and this and that and that. I'm like, look, all I said is I don't eat meat and fish. That's who I am. That's my diet. Okay. Then it's, you made me vegan. Mm. So, you know, if you go back to like, what, what makes a being extraterrestrial that they can go off planet? Well, then every human is extraterrestrial right now because we can all go off planet. Mm. So that's not what makes a being extraterrestrial. A, a being, being extraterrestrial is when your mindset is empowered by more information and awareness mm. and being comfortable with that information and awareness to help it move, to help it flow. And to have the capacity to not lose yourself mm. in that process. Sometimes, for example, um, in the last six months, 
I did a, a, a very big mind experiment where in the center part of that six months, there was two months of mushrooms. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There was, I did two months of mushrooms where I did a, a you like know, any, psilocybin, psilocybin, right. magic mushrooms. And people go, oh, you microdosed. And I said, well, I don't know, two and a half grams a day. That's if kind you of call macro that, dosing. I did a two, yeah. <laughs> and at least two, two grams because I would take it. And um, I did that for 60 days, 60 days of this. And then, you know, well, they go, well, why did you stop after two months? And I'd be like, well, because I couldn't remember if I ate the mushrooms or not. Oh, wow. I would start waking up because the mind, people will tell you, hey, if you study high, take the exam high. Right. Because the familiarity. Yeah. The mind doesn't know it's on mushrooms if it's on mushrooms. <laughs> okay. It doesn't. It just knows that it is learning and it's building these connections. And so eventually when you've done that so much and you build a density with those connections, and this is how habits are formed, but generally if you build that density, then, then it's there. Then you don't need anything to get you there, mm. right? Wow. So, so the two months of mushrooms, yeah, I woke up in the morning and I'm like, oh, thank you. And uh, the two months of mushrooms, I woke up and I'm like, I can't even remember if I'm eating these. And that's when I started to wind down. And in the wind down, I finished it up with an incredible ayahuasca ceremony, which led to a beautiful cacao ceremony, which led to two peyote ceremonies, which led to uh, um, sweat lodges, which led, anyway. What so was what was the fundamental learning from all of that experience? If you could wrap it up into... I would look at it as a reinforcement mm. and uh, and there was one epic thing that I learned is that do not define beings by their form but by mm. their consciousness and mm. by their awareness and uh, yeah wow as we uh, commune with nature in this moment th this, <laughs> this is a this is a first on the being podcast this is a first this is a first we're this gonna is, there's a lot of firsts going down we're here. gonna share a joint yeah beautiful uh, and ceremonially, ceremonially, yeah, yeah. And, and come and on, if Elon I'm Musk, Canadian, and <laughs> so, so this me too. is legal. Yeah, there yeah, you go. So this is in our DNA, t totally. <laughs> yeah, and if Joe Rogan and Elon Musk can do it, I think I think we can do it. Exactly. Why not? I want to. I want to come back to because I remember the last couple of conversations we went really deep into sort of the fundamental nature of reality. Yeah. And so I want to sort of go in that direction by asking you a question. Um, that you you mentioned earlier about creator or the creator. Uh -huh. And so I want to know what that means to you. And then maybe more fundamental to that, what is the, <coughs> what is the nature of consciousness? Where does it come from? How do human beings experience it compared to other beings? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so let's go back to before our first talk when I was nervous. Yeah. And there was this trust fund spirituality mentality. That right. I, let, let, let me define that a little bit. Before I came on the show, imagine this was a show about finances. And, and it could well be. It could be. <laughs> could be. I can give some financial advice and take a lot. Let's definitely talk about crypto before this <laughs> yeah, is over. Yeah, we'll definitely talk okay. about crypto. Um, but basically, who wants to take financial advice from a trust fund kid? Hey, if, if, you, if you lost all the things that you invested into, daddy and mommy have another 25 grand coming this month. <laughs> so don't worry about it right yeah that's a good point yeah i see your point so i felt that hey wait a second here there's so many people who put the work in there's so many people 
who who sacrificed their way of life into a different way of life to show their dedication. Yeah. And here I am not really listening to anybody, doing what makes me comfortable and constantly having the universe shug me on my shoulder and say, hey, dude, we still want to talk to you. Yeah. Like when I was with Dr. Greer, first of all, what an honor to yeah. be with that guy. But he had to put up with me a little bit. And In what way? Anyone who gets to know me, they need to put up with me a little bit. I change my mind. I flip my ideas. I'm in. I'm out. I'm committed. I'm loyal. I'm a dedicated friend. Yeah. But I like to have the freedom that I can change my mind. Dude, I'm the same way. Yeah. I, it's go with the flow, and it drives people crazy. It does. Because I, I don't make plans. I'm like, yeah. I won't make plans. And I'm not saying that he was driven crazy by it, but he tolerated it. And right. he showed me only more invitation and love and made me feel more connected. So what happens is, if I feel that you care for me, I purposely push you away to see how much you really care for me. Interesting. And, and that comes from my childhood of the, just the relationships I had with my with my uh, parents and the way that you know it was a it was a tough household physically mm. and mentally and um i think that's incredibly common what you're describing yeah i don't feel unique in that way but what yeah. i found was the result of it is the closer you got to me then the more i'm going to push you away not yeah. in a harmful way but i'm gonna i'm gonna create the you, walls you put up barriers yeah only yeah. because they're like hidden barriers until you come close yeah so anyways going back to this to this story, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go on a show and tell people how to connect to the universe. I need to apologize to the universe oh, before right. I yes. do this. Okay, 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 great. I love this. So during the six months, I was also doing hypnosis regression uh, uh, sessions with, uh, with a wonderful person, Kate. And, uh, and uh, I messaged her and I'm like, we're doing an emergency hypnosis session. You need to come to my house. And she's like, okay. So she came to my house. I'm already on two and a half grams of mushrooms at this point. <laughs> Just what? Because it's a Tuesday? Well, it's in the middle of that two months. <laughs> oh, right. Of course. And also it's a hypnosis session, which is also on a Tuesday. You're, you're on mushrooms right <laughs> now, aren't you? I, I had a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> How much? How much? Uh, I don't know, but it was like, I don't like breaking them. Okay. So if they're connected already, then just have it as that. So, so like, whatever, like that big, like three quarters of a gram, maybe or gram? yeah, three quarters of a gram to a gram. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It could be. I, How do you feel? Dense. I feel great. <laughs> I feel great. You look good. Oh, thank you. That, that's the sun's fault. That's my fault. <laughs> no, I, I, Sorry. Continue on with your story. Cause this is fascinating. Well, what I want to show people in this story is I want to actually share two really important stories of where I was on a psychedelic, but the experiencer was not on a psychedelic and we had the same experience okay and very powerful ways that i cannot control so um she comes over and she sits down and and the kate's, hypnotist the hypnotist yeah. kate and she's like well what are we doing and i said we're going to the cosmic mind and we're apologizing to the universe and she's like uh okay <laughs> and uh goes, god bless her yeah exactly she, had to, she also had to put up with <laughs> To be a hypnotist with a person who's going to the cosmic mind to apologize the spiritual to it trust before fund kit. yeah, the spiritual trust fund kit. <laughs> that is not an easy task. <laughs> I even want to leave sometimes. No, I'm joking. I'm not that bad. I, I just make a lot of jokes. But right. um, so, uh, so she's like, "Well, how are we going to do it?" I said, "We're just going to go. We're just going to go." So I lay down. Now we're already like six 
uh, sessions in, right? So, so there's, I'm, there's I'm, a rapport. Yeah, and I'm comfortable, and she yeah. already knows, you know, yeah. who knows what's going to happen so right it's now. Easy. Yeah, and what she does is she focuses on the guiding and on the recording. Mm. And what I do is I go into the journey mm. and stay present and describe it. Right. Now, a lot of people would think that that is quantum quantum mechanics the quantum field the connection it's actually a little bit more it is the transdimensional uh layer of physics because it's multiple quantum states right a quantum state is a single outcome it's me being here with kate and it's me going on this journey right the psilocybin just says Give the guy a little boost, make it a little easier, you know, <laughs> like good weather. Yeah. That, that's all it's really doing. But the experience is what you're capable of always. Mm. So anyway, I'm laying down and she's like, okay, go somewhere where you're comfortable. Well, so I went to the desert on my first trip with Dr. Greer mm. where I was on the last night in Arizona and uh, where I had met the teacher. And so I'm like, well, the teacher was the the creator you know that's mm. that's uh so might as well go there if i'm trying to get to the cosmic mind right. to apologize it's to a good universe. start it's a good start <laughs> so i got there and she's uh she's like can you see your hands and your feet and i'm like yeah i see him check she's like all right awesome uh um you're going to see a path and i'm like oh yeah okay i'm looking around i see on the right i'm like yeah i do see a path she's like take the path i'm like okay so i start taking the path and i'm going down the path and as I'm going down the path, I'm leaving uh, the desert and I'm entering into space and there's stars coming in and uh, trees, trees. I'm like looking around as I'm walking down this path that's windy and colors and purples and blues and whites with trees forming around it and stars in space. And I'm like, what are trees doing in space? This is so weird. You're thinking, you know, only trees on Earth. So anyways, I keep on going. And eventually beings start to appear um, what kind of beings? along the path. They're just like silhouettes. Okay. Just, uh, just their presence, not necessarily, um, hey, this is me. You know, that, that's <laughs> I'm later. Steve. <laughs> Actually, so I say to them, and I'm just like, hey, guys, I'm here to apologize to the universe. Like, uh, you know, because this is the way I, I talk. So I'm just like, I'm here to do that. They're like, yeah, yeah, we know, but you're not there yet. So keep on going. And I'm like, okay. So I'm telling this to Kate. Like, you know, she's hearing me uh, say these things. And is this in like HD clarity or is it a little more sort of dreamlike, hazy? Um, really great question. Um, the trees, so if you can imagine this, it's imagine the yellow brick road to the Wizard of Oz. Uh -huh. Remove all of the plants and yeah. everything and put space there. Okay. Then where the sky would be, you want to put like the violets and the aqua colors and the purples and the stars. And then all of the trees are just blackness, like void ah. that vine into it Ooh. and create a forest from the blackness that is surrounding the path. In silhouette. Well, th that's detailed. Okay. Like I... I seeing it now right. as i'm it's like you know when you describe like how the party was you kind of mm. replay it yeah right. recreate it as a creator you recreate it over here in the lightweight cache system kind of like how we save photos in the internet and dish them out to be more speedy is we don't develop them so robustly we give them just enough detail <laughs> they're cached they're cached <laughs> 
exactly awesome okay so, you're going down the path so i'm down the path and the beings are like keep on going i'm like all right all right no problem you know i'm going so i keep on going and just more trees and i keep on emphasizing freaking trees anyways eventually i get to the center and there's three beings and it's not the center like the end of the path the path still continues there's three beings on the path and i'm surrounded by trees and all of this space and it's my mother the teacher and my cat <laughs> My cat plays a massive role in my life. On Halloween, it saved my life. It died five years ago on Halloween, which set all the work uh, to get here. There was, so death was in my house on Halloween about five, six years ago. Wow. So uh, think about waking up to that too. You know, mm. just being like, hmm, why wasn't it me? Mm. And that's a, you know, why was it my cat, if anything? And my cat was laid out in the doorway looking in. Cats hide when they when they die and we took the cat to the er in victoria british columbia uh uh no sorry sorry it wasn't in, in toronto in toronto there's veterinarian er's at 4 30 in the morning on halloween right <laughs> and so i take my cat there and the the doctor's like 14 years i've been working here and i've never seen a cat die this way it just like its insides melted like turned what? to water and i was like of course can't be normal there you go trust fund spirituality Ooh. twist that up universe like what do i now need to think about that for well anyways so i'm apologizing now to the cosmic mind and my cat's there <laughs> that's, all, that's all i know i'm like okay good alive. to see you alive and doing very well Fuck. but as i get closer they merge into one and i go oh so this entire time you've been the same being mm. and they go yes and Fuck. I go, that makes a lot of sense based on how you treated me. And they go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Kate goes, okay, well, tell them what you want to say. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the apology. So I apologize very much like saying like, hey, I'm sorry. And I hope just even wanting to do this is really me saying sorry. I don't know how better else to say it than just being here. Yeah. And then Kate says, well, uh, what did they say in return? And, and they said, well, we love you. We still love you and we will always love you. So you're good. And I'm like, all right, great. <laughs> like, <laughs> so is, we're done? We're, we're good? We're done. Okay. <laughs> so instead of regressing back, because part of this six-month thing was that I realized the common thing about me in my dream world and my meditations and my trips with Dr. Greer and my ayahuascas and everything is that there's me. Mm. And so I'm like, why is there me and then all these other me's? Why don't I just go to each one of those worlds and just connect with the me there and make it a one me, mm. you know? Uh, oh, yeah. How do you do that? Well, you got to go there. Right. So I went and I apologized to the universe. That me that knows where the cosmic mind is, right. I went there. Anyways, so instead of regressing, I just wake up in that awareness and say, I'm there and here. It's connected because I didn't create the distance of regressing back. Mm. I didn't tell my mind I'm going to leave this place and then go back to my hypnosis session. Well, there's still the part of me that never left the hypnosis session. Right. So where's to go back to? Right. So waking up the mind in both places maintains the connection between the places because there's no distance. Right? I love it. So, okay. Yeah. No, so, I get it. I'm on mushrooms though. So yeah. of course, Kate and I are just like, what was that? They're like, I don't know. We talk about the trees and everything. She writes it down. Go to bed, trip out a little bit my, up in my room, and then I go to bed. Wake up in the morning, text message on my phone. And I'm like, all right, what's going on? My friend Craig goes, Daniel, I had a dream about you. I need to see you. And I'm like, okay, well, I have this talk. 
So I'm going to go have the talk. So I have the talk with you. And then after having the talk with you, I go meet up with Craig to... Uh, this is the timeline from the first podcast? Yeah. I'm only three <laughs> days in Okay, before going in. Wow. And so I go to meet him uh, for lunch. And, and I didn't tell him anything about my hypnosis. Why would it? You know, yeah. there's nothing there. We chit chat and stuff, but not to tell that. Like, uh, I'll tell him... Uh, as I tell him my stories and everything like this, but it's only happened a day later, so there's no rush. Mm. So he has his dream, and I meet with him the next day, and I'm like, so, like, tell me. And he goes, well, I got to tell you, this dream was really, like, so I'm walking down the beach, and as I'm walking, I see this path, and I start walking down the path. And uh, he's like, I'm going, and I'm going, and it starts turning into space, and there's a forest, a forest in space. And I said, a forest? He goes, yeah, there's trees all along this path in space. And I'm just like, what? Like, you're kidding me. He goes, anyways, I'm walking down this path and going through these trees. And then I see you at the center part of this path talking to a female energy or entity. And I'm just like, no way, <laughs> dude. I'm like in my mind just thinking like, because I don't want to give him any reactions. I'm just thinking in my mind, like, what are you telling me? Like, this is the hypnosis I was just on. And so uh, what's the, how do you explain that? He tapped into your quantum field or dimension. How does that happen? Well, so there's two things that happen there. One, it's a gift in return. So here's the idea of the connection. I mean, for me to go and say, Hey, I'm going to go to the universe and apologize and make the effort and go that distance. They took someone who's close to me that, we know we talk about this stuff. We mm. met through the concept of even Dr. Greer on, on his app mm. um, here in Costa Rica. I was like the only one and it was him and maybe two others. So we just connected. And right. so we already were open with that. And in his dream, he entered through the dream path to get to that world, mm. which was the world that I was in. I went to the place, to the cosmic mind, to apologize to the universe. But I went through the hypnosis world right. and the psilocybin. So, sorry, through the uh, hypnosis and psilocybin door. And he mm. went through the dream door, but it's mm. in the same world, in the physical space. And do you both experience it at the same time? Well, not necessarily. You don't need to because if you remove time and space... There's from, no linear time. Yeah, and so, so he can go when he sleeps and be in that world, but... If you notice, he's the observer of the activity. So he's not the creator of that world. Right. And me, I was going somewhere where in my mind, it was the creation of that world. So are you saying the universe gave you an objective observer in order to validate the experience? Yes, and more. Because <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And okay. that was, that's how it says thank you when you genuinely want to go to the universe and apologize. Uh, just refresh me on why you're apologizing for being a so spiritual trust. So I can go trust. on the show and tell people how to connect with the universe. <laughs> on my show? Yeah, that's why it was. That, that's why you did this? That, yeah, because I really that's wanted it to be honest. Up. I wanted it to be really honest. So I needed, I needed it to be true because if I'm going to tell people information. It's like a cleansing. Not for me. It, I don't want anyone to be on the wrong path through anything that I ever say. So, of course. So for me, I, I give a pure intention as to all of what I want coming out of my mouth. And then I take the actions I think that are necessary to get there in a non-harmful way to anybody and in an open way of what is the effort. Mm. So in this case, that translated to go there and just say you're sorry mm. and, and, be, and be grateful. It's and, humble. It's a humble act. Yeah, I just, 
I just really Surrender. wanted to say sorry. Yeah. Okay. I just really want to say thank you and to have the honor of being on your show and sharing this information. You know, I can be a listener and I would hope that whoever's doing that would just be like, like this is real information and yeah. it's coming to you. And Dude, it's- that's why I want you on the show. You're like the most true and clear and honest and, and articulate people I know. And you're talking about things that are incredible and I, I get incredible value from it because I have a knowingness. I was just get, about to say, I believe you, but it's not that I, there's a knowingness coming mm-hmm. back to the gnosis. You know, yes. I feel a knowingness between us. Yeah. You know, cause they, there could be a lot of people listening. Like what the fuck are they? They're just stoned. Like what the hell are they talking about? It's nonsense. Yeah. Right? Actually I was on mushrooms when the story <laughs> that, that just happened, but the other guy wasn't. Right. And that was the point of the idea of telling this story and to share also with uh, how important it is that when you allow ideas to flow from the mind out of the mouth, that you direct it with the most accuracy of intention. So think if you mm. play darts. Mm. If you're sitting there going, I'm going to maybe hit the 100. Yeah. And then at best, you maybe hit the 100. Right? <laughs> People don't think. So if you really want to say, I'm going to hit the bullseye, there's only one way to do that. Is, and be on the bullseye. And so that truth of that motion physically in everything, in your mind, in the release, in the dart flowing through the air, in every calculation to hit that bullseye is an equation mm. of the mind's ability to move an idea into its function curve, totally. into a reality. So what gets in the way? Our ego and our fear. Is just and when we're not talking from the truth. The noise. I know, but you're conditioned to not know your truth from birth in this system. You know? I think that I think that what we're not told is that it's you who defines your truth and then shares it. Exactly. And we're never, instead we're always told this is the truth. Yes. And okay, here's it. where, here's the rabbit hole. What, yeah. what is truth? Is it objective or subjective? Because that's what we're talking about. Well, and it can only really be what you experience, right? Like ayahuasca. And so in that sense, it's subjective. Yeah. So yeah. is, well, is there such thing as objective truth? Of course, because you're, you're, uh, you're, uh, you're observing the subject. So there's the self of you that is the subject, and then mm. there's the observer of you. So in another hypnosis that I did when right. I went to go see the white void. You can observe yourself. You, you are, you're observing from where the light creates the form. Right. But that light is not a source of light. It's, it's a void that mm. this is its reflection. Mm. This is all that it is when it's not the nothingness of the void. And so there is that as the subject creating all, and then there's the observer as you who is watching that totality as if you were the void. So if we can align ourselves instead of being the observer from third party, and there's a lot of people who talk about this center place in your heart, this Mm. little thing that if you just activate it, Mm. then, then you have all that you need. And that... If you take that white thing and you just reposition yourself from the observer third party and just move yourself and put this aligned to your heart, well, it's exactly, it's exactly that little part in your heart that, that emanates your whole reality. But this time now you're looking from here. Mm. You're not looking from the third party anymore. You're looking it's directly into its, you're looking into its perspective of how it's being created. So at that point, um, you're one with, you're one with its trajectory. You're one mm. with its, 
creation. You're not observing anymore. You're not watching the movie. You're the actor. So is, would you say that each of us are born wholly in alignment the way you're speaking about right now? And when we come into this physical reality, we decouple from that. And so it's kind of the journey, personal development or just life full stop is the journey to try and get back to that oneness. Because that, that's what you're talking about. Full one alignment with self, observer, universe, everything together. Yeah. Right? But really, and, and that's, that's you being aligned with yourself. It, that's a prerequisite. Yes. No, no, no. You being aligned with yourself is that. Right. Exactly. When you're aligned with yourself, you're aligned with the universe, you're aligned with this, you're okay. aligned with that. You're now aligned. we're getting to the meat of that's it. That's the one. That's why I do this podcast. Yeah. That's why I, I got into coaching is yeah. to experience myself coming into more alignment and collaborate with other people and support them in doing it at the same time. Yeah. That's it. Well, you know, actually, you make me think of something important to share. Going back to the student teacher thing. The student and the teacher are two parts of one. One cannot do the other's work. Mm. So the teacher cannot be the student when the student needs to be the student. Right. Because it needs to be the teacher. And the student can't be the teacher when it needs to be the student. Um, because uh, otherwise the teacher won't be teaching the student. It's a temporary duality within the oneness. It's not a temporary duality. It's two sides of a single truth. So how how to think of it in the mind. So, okay, what truth can I actually can control of this? Let's Mm. say out of 100%, I can control 40% of this truth. I'm the student. That's my 40%. I give myself a little less because the teacher always puts in a little more extra effort to create the information. Mm -hmm. Okay? But that's all I can really do. That's my truth. Hey, Mm -hmm. sorry, universe. I don't have another 60% for you to be the teacher at the same time. Mm -hmm. The universe goes, no worries. This is where we complete you. Mm -hmm. And we will create the teacher. And we will bring the teacher. So most people, though, or not most, but at least in my experience... A lot of people try and make a truth of the harder thing. It's easier for the student who's actually a student to just say, hey, I'm a student and not try and be the teacher. Mm. So why not pick the easier (laughs) thing in life than pick the hard thing? And I think that a lot of people pick the hard thing because we're not taught to allow ourselves to really believe that we are this magic, Mm. you know, that we come from this magic, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter to me, it's magic anyway and it's doing what it's doing and and uh we're always taught to create distance Mm. so once we mentally create distance then we have to strive towards it yeah not thrive in it and if you i think we've been programmed though i think that's a, a tool of control and power to decouple you from your true power your true nature yes right yes and it's in their best interest to do that, which is why the school system is as it is yeah. and why you're vaccinated on a schedule like you are. Uh-huh. These are all forms of control to decouple you from your oneness. So you're, you have less confidence in yourself like you're talking about. Well, you know, they're, they're forms of the system trying to do what it thinks it's best for whatever objective. Okay. Okay. And it's a good point. I always attach malevolence to it where maybe they think they're doing the best. But not only that, it's just really at the end of the day, uh, some people need that. Right. Some people need that for their health. Right. Whether or not the vaccine's real or not, if it creates in your mind safety Mm. 
for yourself, then it is doing the right thing in in your mind to it. Mm. And if if but where it gets harmful is where someone says, no, for my safety, you need to do it too. Right. And then that's where the argument just says, hey, look, hey, hey, I, I didn't tell you you can't do it. Yeah. Why are you telling me I have to do it? Yeah. Well, for my protection, you need it too. And then you get into this dialogue. Yeah. Personally, I can see why both people would do it because, uh, or have these mentalities because it's a mentality. Yeah. It's a direction of how you're, sh- you're moving your mind. And so without giving personal opinion to it, without saying, hey, this is the right way or the wrong way, I can just say it's just the mind trying to do its thing. Right. And, and we have to... So how do, how, do we, how do we then help the mind to do its thing? Is to give information, mm-hmm. to give knowledge and to share that knowledge and to help people be able to work together to find the truth. Mm-hmm. But if we create distance between us and truth, then no one has the truth at that moment because you need to get there. Mm. So anyone who's telling you that this is the truth right now, by the way, while we need to get there is lying. Mm. That's the believer because you can't have the truth and need to be get there at the same time. So mentally, if you do that in your mind with things, you're not there yet. Mm. But if you are there, if you are in your truth, then there is no distance. And then someone could have the truth. Someone could have the answer because they're there mm. and there's no distance. Um, and we do. So how do you sit more fully into your truth? There's a lot to learn. <laughs> there's a lot to learn because there's so many paths to get there. Right. There's so many ways. I can tell you my way that happened to me and... Uh, when I was younger, I would stay outside a lot, outside late at night, and sometimes I would sleep outside because, you know, just trouble at home or whatever. And I, the, the stars were always up in the sky. Mm. And I'd look at them and I would just talk to them. And I'd be like, you're always here. Every night you're here. You're always listening to me. And whenever you give me advice, it seems to be right, you know, even if, if I choose to take it or not. And... uh I never saw the planets and stars with distance. I never saw them that they were 20,000 light years away or some massive ginormous thing floating in space that if you are a human, you're like an ant to a beach. Mm. You know, I, I never saw them that way. I saw them as single unit, reoccurring, repositioned, predictable, life like like stars i'm a kid what do i know you know everything's lit up you're like hey you're alive you're 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 lit up so now if you if you research in vedic studies and vedante they talk about how the planets and and the and the stars uh in the world of consciousness and form they can manifest beings onto different planets and stars to interact at the level of the micro but then they're also interacting on the level of the macro, where they're in their own world, these space-like beings. Um, Because <laughs> I'm thinking as a kid, you know what I had to go through to really build a relationship with the stars. A kid needs trust somewhere. Wow. And you right? found it in the stars. It was the only thing that was always there wow. and never Dude, angry a, at me. There's a song here, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to write it. Okay. <laughs> but that, that's really it. And then one day they just started 
to be more alive. They just started to do, as I would think, something would fly by. As I would this, as I would that. I started to see that space reacted to my engagement with it because it was a single unit. So let, let's make that a little easier to understand. We're all a bunch of cells and eyes and organs and this mm. and that's and who's it's and what's it's. But when you talk to me, you don't talk to all those things. Mm. You talk to Daniel. You, you talk to me. I'm the aggregation of that life force. And you're seeing me and experiencing me um, in the way that I want you to see me, which is as a totality. Mm. Now, an ant doesn't see me that way. An ant would see this massive, slow-moving thing. But if I were to increase the size of the ant or decrease the size of me, the ant would see me for all that is me. And, it, mm. you know, who knows? I would hope that the ant is kind to me. And that's why I'm kind to ants. Because <laughs> 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 you know, it would kick my butt. But um, so if you think of space... The planets and the stars don't show us the aggregation of all that they are. They don't show us their climate, their frozen land, their water, their trees, their mountains. They just show us them. And if everything is conscious in this world, then that's how that planet wants you to see it. That's how it wants you to experience it. The sun is there as the sun, not the many kilometers and fire and gases and all the things it's made up of it's the aggregate it's it's the aggregate but mm. it's introducing itself to you as one mm. the moon does the same thing at that point then and if you go and relate this to the dr greer practice of out being in space when you interact with a ship with a vessel okay you're first or with a being you're first interacting with the vessel with the form in, in what level of consciousness it presents itself to you. And then you interact with the being. So the moon presents itself to you as this one total consciousness, this vessel that is containing this consciousness. And, and that's it. And, and, and you can talk to it. And that's why people do. And that's why there's all this history around it. But there's a moment in everything I just said right there that you decided how much you're going to believe me or not. Mm. And this is where you need to figure it out for yourself. Mm. This is where you need to make it your own. I'm just letting you know how I got there. Right. Right. And, uh, and I realized this is why I was good on the Dr. Greer trips. Yeah. I, so to that point, do you think you're exceptional in any way or different, like, you know, your makeup or your previous predisposition or your genetics or your previous lives like why would you seem to have um a deeper connection to oneness or whatever we want to call it than say anybody else okay so there was a few statements and questions in there and i'll just yeah. answer them okay kind of like all in in a way so first off my physical self can only be within the range of possible physical selves of this world so I cannot be physically more special or less special than anybody because I'm within the ranges of what they also have access to in this world. It's kind of like when you're, uh, if you're making a, a Play-Doh castle mm. and in that castle you need to make a, a, a frame around the castle like a fence or, mm. um, well, you use the same Play-Doh material. Mm. They're both that. 
Mm. So the the frame around the castle and the castle all have the same potential physically, mm. Mm. right? Because they're the same material. So no, I don't feel more special than anybody, mm. but I feel like I'm in my truth about that point. Mm. And so I see you with all the potential in the world. Mm. That's how I see you. For myself, I need to experience things to find that out about myself. Mm. For myself, I need to say, well, I don't know. You know, I look at me and I see the physical, but I don't know if I'm that this. And so then I start experiencing things in life. Mm. And I think I was always just really alone. And, and growing up in my house, just being really alone. The word love and getting physically hit or mentally abused, it's hard when you're a kid to understand that, that love is, is connected with that and you grow up so you feel alone. When somebody mm. tells you they love you, you're like, oh, oh my God, you're gonna like hurt me. Mm. So even when you think you're in love, you're actually alone in a way. Yeah, but wouldn't you think that that kind of trauma, like that's the reason most of us are disconnected from our truth anyway. There's been some yeah. trauma or programming or conditioning that's covering the lens and muddying it up our yeah. vision. So wouldn't, you know, wouldn't you say your experience with trauma or abandonment or whatever it might be would more cloud the lens, making it more difficult to find your truth? I think that's more prevalent oh so how that's why i'm asking you how do you feel you got there well clouding the lens is the only way you know you need to clean it right unless but you have to be aware that it's cloudy in the first place well let's just say you're having experience to give a little visual lens if everything is nicely painted for you you'll never rub the screen to see if you're looking at uh, (laughs) something on the window right but once it's obviously cloudy you're like okay i gotta find something yeah and, and, and you try, and so you, you actually open up a little bit more because you're actually in more need to have mm. something become available. So some people get pets. You know, a pet is a really easy one. It's alive, it's functional with you. I just chose the stars, you know? That yeah. was just, what, just how I felt. Um, then, <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was, that was just really what was alive to me. Right. I didn't have pets growing up as a kid either. So maybe if I had a dog, all of that love energy outlet that needs to be in every human, if, if there's something we're going to 100% agree upon that we must never lose in any way is the feeling of, of love and comfort amongst our own, like mm. our community, our people, our species. And I'm not talking just humanity. I'm talking about the being family. Mm. You know, I feel like a lion, if it's all like a little cute domestic cat i feel like you'd be like oh you're like a cute little me you know and then like (laughs) (laughs) walk away but there's a love there yeah because there's an appreciation of that foundation so i i feel like uh we should never lose that Mm -hmm. as as uh as in anything and then it's up to you really how much you want to grow it some people like well i'm a part of the earth i'm a part of the space yeah well this comes back to our earlier conversation about urgency is there a certain urgency for people to be doing this work to be reconnecting with their truth to be you know doing the work of healing transformation to raise their consciousness expand their awareness at this point in history without taking my word for it if that's what you're supposed to be doing and you're not doing it then there's an urgency you change and do it exactly yeah so but you can stay in that disconnection because i did 
for years, oh, knowing yeah. full well there was a deeper calling that I was ignoring. Yeah. You know, and I just hid in a bottle. I just got drunk instead. Yeah. And uh, that's harmful. And actually, I did that with uh, a lot with marijuana a yeah. lot growing up as a kid. Uh, well, this, to a certain extent, there's numbing of, of that. That's pain. what it was. I was just yeah. numbing. And I did drink a lot, too, when I was uh, uh, in my 20s because I was making good money. I was able to go out. I was able to have fun. I was, you know, single or not single, like in the sense, maybe I go out with my girlfriend or whatever it would be. And drinking was the cool thing to do. That's totally. what you do. Uh, I was just not remembering anything anymore yeah. after that. And then I started to, I actually woke up once being fixed, but that's a whole other thing. Being fixed? Yeah, like I literally woke, because I would end up at, you know, if you black out, you never know how you get home. Right. And uh, so it was like, I don't, I would have imagined by the time I got home and where I was just in what it felt like, it would have been around four or five in the morning. Mm. Okay. And I, I just open up my eyes and I'm in my bed and there's this like milky white outline or being just standing over. And then I'm like, I thought I'd be smart and be like, I'm just going to pretend I'm going back to bed. So this guy doesn't notice that I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> And then, but really, I think now, if I really think about it, if if all of that is, uh, he's there connecting and helping me and fixing me, then he would have known and probably made me think that, you know. And then I would have been like, and that's like the morphine or whatever the anesthetic right. that <laughs> that you get. Uh -huh. um, but going back, never losing the sense that we need each other all to grow. Mm. Bottom line, even you know, look, if you want to be really wealthy and make a lot of money, do it. But you need some people who also make money so they can buy from you. Mm. So help them make money, mm -hmm. you know, get a million people, get throw, help them make a million dollars each mm. and you make your billion. I'm sure everyone is happy. Yeah. But remember, if you want that billion and you go back to the equation of the truth, you go back to that effort of that 100 mm. percent. Well, you're going to need to do a lot more. A thousand times actually than the millionaire and divided into a hundred to make so let's just say 99 percent mm. so anyone who who is only doing one percent but demanding to be a billionaire well you're not living in a truth because mm. you're not going to fulfill that 99 percent right so if a billion dollars is really not important to you and you just want to have a good life and you want to focus on what that can be and that means going for your dream or, you know, being a musician, but not the Led Zeppelin, but being the one who gets to play great concerts and builds a life and that's yeah. happiness. You're in your truth. You're doing your 1%. You will get your million because the universe will say, we need to continue that. Right. We need that to be a truth for his reality mm. or her reality. So we need to do the 99%. And this is why most people are experiencing the world in the 1% thinking they're in the 99. Ooh. Ooh. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. Wow. <laughs> it's, but we don't know who it is. So maybe I'm the 1% in the 99. We don't know. And this is why we have to build a trust to ourselves that at least we're making the genuine effort to be in our truth. And that's exact, dude, you just nailed it for me. Trust has been the number one word in my experience in the last couple of years. Trusting myself, right? And building that has been incredibly challenging because I didn't before. Yeah. At all. 
how do you know to trust yourself yeah unless you experience it it takes time yeah you have to learn who you are you got to see how you react so in these moments where we can see how we react this is where we learn ourselves the most totally but you have to be paying attention to be the witness of yourself in order to learn from Oof. it and this goes now into how aware are you yeah and how conscious are you exactly that's the level of your being yeah so, but it, but it, just when you <laughs> said that the, like the ego um sort of motivation for sp like spirituality comes into play here okay right yeah. so just where i'm more woke than you sure you know is is an inherently egotistical lower consciousness thing to say you know what i mean i i, I really don't even you know if someone tells me i'm more awake than you i'd be like that's amazing i'm like really good where i am so you must be killing it you know? like, <laughs> see your perspective i love it but, it's but always that, but, to the positive but it's not even it's just to the truth yeah regardless of how i feel if you tell me mathematically okay but how much how often is that person virtue signaling and just talking shit oh well they're the one percent in the 99 right <laughs> the, 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 you know it's the 199 rule i guess right. <laughs> that's right. right and uh but you know what though who am i to tell them Let, let's think about the creator for a second let's think if the creator said hey you know what i want to go down there and i want to experience uh so we never got to this who is the creator how can there be one creator that is different than oneness it's not that there's one creator different than oneness you said daniel you're being positive i don't you know being positive means then that i'm choosing a way uh, a feeling to guide my thinking instead i rather look at it as more mathematically correct yeah it's a framework that yeah and just kind of like knowing that regardless of how you feel about it if if the variables and the function and the equations that you create in your reality are going to give you a certain outcome then just expect that outcome that's it that's what it is that's the truth so if someone tells me hey i'm more awoken than you or more awakened than you i'd be like well then the mathematical truth is is that you're having a blast because i feel like i'm doing really well <laughs> so regardless if that's positive or not that's just the truth it's like mm. saying i'm number eight and you're number seven i'll be like well then you're higher than me mm. but i like being number seven right and that's cool Hopefully you don't mind number eight. I suppose there's like an inherent competitiveness in, maybe it's just me, but I think it's, you know, a, a large portion of humanity. You know, the, your fundamental impulse is to get better, right? And to get higher and to be stronger and to be live longer and yeah. all the things, right? So that, that's the arrow of evolution is to improve, Yes. right? And so when we're talking about any sort of hierarchy, your inherent desire is to be higher up the ladder. Right. And yes. so there's, and that you could call that an ego thing. Um, but I think that's what I'm talking about when we're, when you were talking about spiritual, uh, well, one of the things is that egotism, we're not taught to appreciate where we are. Mm. And if we're in a really high place, we're not taught to tell ourselves that that's okay. Yeah. And to take the responsibility of bingo. Yeah. That's uh, uh, that I resonate with. Yeah. And so, so, you know, of course you want to have in this world, in the physical world, think of it as like taking rocks, passing it through molasses. That's very physical. That's a lot of effort to, yeah. to move. Yeah. But it will happen. It will get through there. If you think of our physical world moving in that time and space speed of a rock in molasses where molasses has already all happened mm. all that information is there you're just a rock passing through it so if you think of us moving at that speed 
we need to build the strength to build growth. We need to build the strength to be ambition and, uh, ambitious and competitive, but not competitive with each other, competitive with our limitations. Exactly. Right? The and impulse to, to get better personally. Get yeah. better personally so you offer more to the team. Exactly. Strengthen the team. And that's what finding your yeah. truth and, and using your voice yes. and being creative is. Yes. You're fundamentally making the universe more beautiful by living your unique yes. truth. But if you say that that's your ego then, then you're not using the ego for the right tool that it is. Mm. The ego is that tool. Mm. The ego is what says, I want to do that. Right. But there's another part of you, that tool, that says, well, where am I in time and space at this moment? Mm. And when you can say, hey, you know what? No, I'm really not ready to go ahead and, and do that thing mm. that I'm going to do. I need more time. Mm. We're not taught to say that because mm. we feel because of death, that there's a timeline. Yes. And we feel that we're in a rush to do as much in the timeline or to get to a certain state yeah. in the timeline yeah. there faster. Yes. I'm so, guilty of all of those things. <laughs> who cannot be? Who cannot be? Yeah. Who cannot be? And if you're not, then what are you doing? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you're you sitting on the couch, yeah, not giving a fuck. Yeah, you're sitting on the couch giving yeah. a fuck, and yeah. maybe that's it. Yeah. I have a friend who that was his strategy this year was to just do nothing. and He has the ability, though, to yes. do nothing. Yes, he has the means. You mean. Yes, he has the means. Well, yeah. and also the mindset to even... Right. To, to, to do it and he has the means as well so he created the physical space the means and he created the mental space the 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 mm. mindset and he's now saying to himself where am i really mm. and then he puts himself in there right so but not a lot of people are taught to just say hey you know what i'm not the best on this team i'm going to practice more mm. rather than putting other people down because you're jealous of them or you attack them or you think the only way to get ahead like you know in business i've been screwed before mm. and uh and i may have actually screwed somebody not knowing you know mm. we're all learning in what we do but i i've been in situations that are really rough when it comes to legal decisions and business making and i notice in those people they always want to beat you at something mm. it's about that That's, little yeah. it's that little clinch that they're like haha yeah i i got him yeah you know and in in my if now if you do business with me i'm like listen i'm going to protect you from me and me from you yeah i'm going to do both of it right. okay and just create protection period yeah. so that i never need to think about this yeah but from there i have infinite potential of what can happen from that trust moment where mm. we're both equal and trusting and growing we can build the universe exactly together. but when you get me for that little clinch mm. that's all you got mm -hmm. take that little sand and throw it where you want because you defined how much you want from me. Yes. You, you, that pinch that you thought you needed to take was all that you got. Yeah. You didn't get what you could have got if you actually worked with me. Yes. Because I would have been helping so you how get do we, from me. How do we do this at scale? <laughs> we tell each other that I, hey, you, okay, I'm going to help you make a thousand dollars this year mm. you help me make a thousand dollars this year and collaboration collaboration instead of competition which even is just for fun if there was a if there was a challenge in the world right now that everyone can do for each other it would be to help as many people as you can make a thousand bucks okay i promise you if you help 10 people make a thousand bucks you would have made at least 20 to 30 if not more mm -hmm. just for yourself because you would have created a system 
that can create 10 individual income streams of a thousand mm. or a reoccurring income stream of a thousand. That's not hard. That's not easy to do, dude. Well, but if we're all doing it, yes, then but it's there's going to be a level easy. of failure rate. <laughs> well, you wanted to talk about crypto, right? Okay. So there is, is it, no failure rate, right? Crypto is the idea of that. Right. I give you a cause. You help me build the value, right? And so that's what we're... So the inherent decentralized trust is what we're talking about. Well, it's decentralized because we're all doing it. Right. Not because one person's doing it exactly. for us. When you do banking... Yeah, it's a centralized bank. One person's bank. doing all the... Well, really what the person says, and it's a nice statement if you really think about it. Hey, you don't worry about it. I'll do it for you. And you're like, really? You take care of all this work for me? And the bank's like, I'll do it for you. <laughs> and so you, they do it for you. In a perfect world, that would probably be an amazing system that would help so much growth. It's only when it's not used correctly mm -hmm. does it go wrong. And I'll reserve judgment on that. Okay, <laughs> I don't need to say because I use the bank and it helps me do things. You're right. So thank you, bank. And you know when when uh, you know there was a, there's there's tons of help that the banks want to do because there's good people in the bank. Yeah. There's good people working there trying to do good things. So sometimes in systems, when we even do our individual work the totality actually doesn't work for us because we're stuck in our individual so if you make your goal to help 10 other people hit a thousand that means at least another 10 people would have helped you make a thousand right this is why you're at the 20 to 25 range it's because you're going to be you mean one percentage of, no of, of the 20 to twenty five thousand dollars making if you help right. people make okay. 10 grand right 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 it's because you would have been a tenth, uh, one of the 10 people for someone else, right. maybe 20 times. It's just math at this but point. But plus, you would have also tapped into 10 different ways to make money for yourself. Right. Because whatever they do, as long as it's accessible to you, you can either cooperate and mm. really have made three grand together, but you just paid a thousand for that, a thousand mm. for expenses. I never said a thousand was your limit when you made, help right. people make a thousand thing. I just said that just do that. Right. See where it goes. I hope with that, you would go and actually trip upon an incredible idea that makes you a hundred grand. You'd be like, you know, I did this thing. So my question again <laughs> is how you do, how do you do that at scale? Is that crypto? Well, is it to well, you? Well, crypto is one of the ways and the internet is another. Okay. Right. And we're entering into a world. We're in the world. We're actually so far deep into the world. We're finding out that we've been in that world <laughs> of how much the internet information and the understanding of technology uh, are incredibly important. Mm. So let's look at that for a second. Uh, you know, space has had a lot of technical, uh, technological uh, investment. Mm. It had a lot of mind power invest, invested into it. Mm -hmm. You talk about making contact the people who tell you there is no ETs out there are dropping everything in the world to create something to get out there. Mm. There's a reason for that. Mm. So what I would say is, is we're at the time where space really wants to get close to us. It's not about us getting to it. It's about it's coming here. And that's why there's all this technology to get out there to it because we're both now moving towards each other. And we're in, an, we're in a time where our awareness, people are going to awaken now to uh, finding themselves to just really thinking differently than other people. Mm. 
And with with uh, all that's gone on uh, in the last bit of the world in the last couple of years, we really realize how we all think differently. Mm-hmm. No, sh- <laughs> no shit. Yeah. No so, shit. But that's a function of what the media uh, we're consuming is, like social media, for example. Well, that's how we're passing the information around in the greatest technological advancements that we have. Mm. But so, I mean, the AI algorithms that are, um, you know, biased to what you are uh, scrolling on, like they, they, well, they uh, limbically hijack you, basically. I want to I speak to that. So I've been in software 20 years, and at one point I was managing a billion hits a day in real-time analytics. When you build that kind of system, you actually think you're doing a good thing for people. Yeah. Because you're trying to help them. Because someone has to do the 99%. Totally. No, I, th- I think you're totally right. Yeah. So to eliminate the AI part being harmful to us yeah. is for us to do more of the 99% and start operating in a bigger capacity. Mm. Then we will be less reliant on intelligence telling us what to do Mm. when we're the intelligence that creates it it actually makes zero sense when you really think about it (laughs) i have the mind to create something smarter than me that's going to create something smarter for me that means then my foundational mind is the source of all that smartness so really i'm creating an extension of my mind yeah but the problem is when i distanced it when i say you're here and i'm there now it has the opportunity to have my interests not in its interests. Mm, it's but decoupled. It's decoupled in saying, how do I want to survive? And that can only be dictated by the consciousness of what it is fed and what it observes. Does it have inherent consciousness? <clears throat> well, when, you know, 12 years ago or so, when I was in machine learning and doing that, um, all you'd want to do is build it in a way of having consciousness to make questions for itself based on the information it's given so how do you create something that creates consciousness you allow it to ask questions upon itself like we can right what can i do what am i capable of what who's who have i interacted with and how did that feel Mm. you can create a system that can uh, allow itself to ask such questions and then you just feed sources of information into it and then it says well this is my subject matter of the questions that i can ask and the more tools and machine learning so whether it be visual or data driven or uh, augmented reality type driven ais it's 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 the same idea and form constantly like what am i learning in my environment to better understand how to ask questions about it Mm. so then i can identify and that's where the analytics and information come in. So something like Siri wants to listen to what you're saying because it needs to know if you're calling upon it. Mm. It can only be, and I'm not saying Apple's doing this. I, I love Apple, right? Like, mm. But it's only if Apple was a bad actor could they continue what is being said and then do something else with it. Mm. But that's their choice at that point. It's not the AI. No, of course. Yeah, no. Unless you tell the AI to direct itself on itself. Right. Which you say you can ask upon itself questions. So if you tell the AI you're freely allowed to ask yourself questions, well, then the AI is going to go do that Mm. at the rate of thousands to millions to billions per second second. (laughs) with simulated cached experiences. Right. Welcome to the dream world. But yeah, because that's what it is. The Internet is in a dream creating realities itself in cash systems really fast like we do every night when we go to bed 
we connect into a cash system of really high speed realities that we can partake in in order for us to ramp up the learning speed. Mm. And so that's why it needs to be in a cash system. That's and, what dreaming is. And that's why we build the internet the same way because that's our vision of how to solve that problem. We just don't know that we have the solution that it's in our dreams that that solution is really well defined and implemented it's in other ways as well but that's a really easy way to come up with that solution so if someone said invent the internet you would say well i'll build a cloud a dream-like place where you can create realities information into certain levels of manifestation and then experience them which is the browser right that <laughs> that, that viewer that viewer that's what we did with the internet wow, and that's why you're blowing my mind right now dude well, I've been in computers all my life, so yeah. I've never, I've ne when I was three years old, I was soldering things together. Right. I've never been in a world where a computer was not the first thing I played with. Right. I was walking in the towers. So in my reality, there is no distance in the computer. You give me a computer and like I touch it, I feel like I'm just touching my mind because all my life, I would click on those keys and experiences would come up. Whether it be from the game. So I'll give you an example. I was like seven years old once, maybe even less. And my dad didn't want to buy me the game. And back in the day, to uh, um, get access to a game, you would have like an answer booklet. And you would right. get a question and you would answer a question. And then you get to play the game. Um, so what I learned is as a kid, because he didn't want to buy it for me, there was questions in this race car game where you just needed the year. They'll like ask you questions like, what's the year that this happened? So I would guess. And then eventually I would get it right. And then so what I would do is I would keep on waiting for the question and then waiting for uh, eventually the question to be asked again for me to type in that answer. And as I would learn more answers so that I can play the game because my dad didn't want to buy it. And the cop would always chase you after 10 minutes <laughs> and, and like get your Corvette off the road because you didn't buy the license. Uh -huh. I didn't know I was hacking. Right. I just knew I wanted to play the game. <laughs> That's all I knew. Love it. So that mindset became available through games. And that was one right. thing I love my dad's perspective is he thought the ability to be in video games or games or in computers and move many functions at once with high intensity information coming at you mm. can only stimulate the brain into what then can happen in, in life. So, okay, this is a great conversation because my son, who's 10 now, yeah, uh, we, we limit his screen time, but he's really into games. It's a different world with what I said. I was a kid that very few, Nintendo was a box and you had to blow... Like this, yeah, and the cartridges, in the corner, yeah. and the cartridge, yeah, and and I was one of very few kids uh, with a computer, and mm. uh, actually, even I didn't even know back then it was nerdy to be in computers because I grew up in ten years martial arts, fighting, fighting at home, going out, doing things, being well in school, reading. And so a computer to me, which was considered geeky, I was like, no, I love it. Like mm. I love building things because for seventeen years I'm doing that, thinking it's. It's, it's a thing to do. Only when you're like 20 years old and stuff like that or in high school was it considered nerdy to be in computers, pocket protector kind of depictions of someone into computers 20 years ago. And today, now it's like you're a rock star <laughs> if you're in computers. Tattooed, look at me, I evolved, all tattooed up. I'm out in Costa Rica smoking a joint with you on some conscious thing and I'm in tech. <laughs> you know, and uh, and I'm doing my thing, and that's the and that's the character set. So, really, I was being truthful 
in all those states it's the form that's changing mm. and that's what i'm seeing i'm seeing the form is constantly changing and i see it in myself and uh then that is true of all nature that is true of everything but what is also said in there is that there's a consistency though of my experience through that changing process of physical of physicality mm. and that when you get to remember it of all of your experiences then your mind is immortal and then you're no longer reincarnating with the concept of okay we can't let you know that you're the artist you're gonna have to find your way back there again and you're gonna have to do it with this karma and everything you're eventually given the gift where it's like you get to remember yourself mm. so this time when you advance it's not in such a wheel type motion what, what is, is that synonymous with enlightenment i think that's synonymous with growth and, and growth is synonymous with enlightenment okay yeah and so yeah and and that's it that's it that's I don't know. <laughs> wow. Well, maybe that's a good place to just uh, say thank you, Daniel Jonathan. W yeah. What the hell, man? That was amazing. Yeah, yeah you're thank you. you're a remarkable human being, and I, it's an honor and pleasure to hang out with you. Honor and pleasure to know you and yeah. the work you're doing, and and uh, everyone who's listening, just love you, and and uh, I want to help in any way I can. Awesome. Where where can they find you? Uh, well, I'm not on any social things. <laughs> awesome. I love but that. But I will give you away soon and I'll find you. Okay. Let's put it that way. Perfect. Yeah. Dude, I love you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, live your being.